Welcome to another episode of Festival Enlightenment. As usual, I know this is one of my favorite space right here, is that I get a chance, an opportunity to welcome our guests simply because I know they're coming with a couple of things that I uh, deem very expensive time. One of the most precious commodity given to mankind, 24 hours to everyone. How we utilize that time will tell us a lot about you. The other is the journey. The journey is one of the most powerful things because it made the person who they are from where they started. And so we are honored to have Nick come and tell us who he is, introduce us so that we can become better students as we are enjoying his conversation. Thank you so much for coming to Threads. Yeah, thanks for having me. It is an honor. Introduce yourself and tell the folks, how do you serve? I tell people we are all creatives. <laughs> so how do you serve? You know, the the question, what or who am I, I always go back to, uh, you know, too many of us tend to associate that with our job, what we do for a living, which is completely wrong. Some people actually are capable of molding both together, but for the average person, it's not possible. So I will say that I am an eternal student is what I am. Deep down, this is what I am. I learn every day. I spend hours. I probably spent already four hours today reading, four or five hours maybe reading and researching. This is what I do. How do I serve? I help men realign with their masculinity. This is what I do. This is Excellent. how I help others. I, you know, before the podcast, we were talking how experience is what makes us, we're all traumatized to a certain extent. And it's really our experience that makes us who we are. And yeah. I've been through a different life than most of the people. I live a life that is extremely different from other people today. Like most people don't have what it takes to live my life, but it is the most freeing thing ever. I wish it to everybody. I wish that everybody can build up the courage to leave it all behind and live the life they want to live and not the life that other expect of him. So this is how I serve. I want to liberate people. I want to liberate people from what they believe they are and, and become what they were meant to be. Yeah, that's what we do here at Threads because through this conversation, I want them to see the greatness of who they are. Mm -hmm. Most people don't know who they are because, again, as I said earlier, we've been living mom and dad's program. And uh, um, until we realize whose program is this and we begin to start asking those questions, why am I seeing myself circular? I'm here again. What's going on? When we start delving into those type questions, I, be, I call that place enlightenment because that's when you begin to know who you are. Because before that, as I mentioned, you're living mom and dad. One of our spaces that we like to go is as a child. We want to start there because it is the first space we get a chance to visit, if you will, when we come onto this place after mom and dad uh, bring you back from the hospital and they bring you into the house. Um, we call it family. I call it a lab because we have these scientists now are going to uh, work their thesis on you and I and implant all of this wisdom that they have gained in their life. Um, what was your family unit like? As a child, I can't say that I remember. This is something that has that got me wondering for, for a lot of years until I was listening to a podcast with Jordan Peterson on it. And he was explaining how when you make peace with your past, 
your brain no not, no longer needs it. Once mm -hmm. you've understood the implications, you understood the lessons you were supposed to learn from your past, you you tend to forget it. And my childhood, I don't have a lot of memories. I don't have a lot of memories of my family. All I can remember, my, my dad wasn't there. Yeah. Like from a very young age, he wasn't present. And then when I was 14, he completely left. And I saw him a handful of time, as in maybe three, four times by the time he died. And I was 29 when he died. So I didn't have much of a masculine presence. My mother was there, but um, I don't have a lot of memories from the, these days, except for the fact that I played outside a lot. I come from a small town. I live, I've played in the woods. I play sports. I'm full of injuries. I started getting a hurt when I was probably three years old, right? My mom turned into a nurse because I'm just, I'm a crazy person. Deep down, I'm in a, I think I'm I, what we call an adrenaline junkie. I like mm -hmm. stuff that pumps your heart. That's just how I am. That's how life tastes to me. But yeah, that started when I was, a, if I can remember something from these days is that, is that I've always been involved in sports. I've always been involved in something competitive. I've always been very adventurous. So if there's one thing I've learned from being a kid is that that's the dynamic I remember. There's no way I was inside. If I was inside yeah. is because I was punished. There was no <laughs> such thing as being, you weren't inside. Unless it was ugly outside, then I would play Nintendo. And But outside of that, I don't remember spending a lot of time out inside. It was always, always, always doing something outside. Same way. Um, I'm from a different country and we... We were never home. Um, yep. uh, we were always in the woods somewhere. And uh, I remember as a young kid, we would have our slingshot. It was pretty good. And uh, we would have a small pot, uh, a couple of little things, a fishing uh, hook. Um, and we were gone. Um, we are gone, I mean, hours. We don't come back until the evening. Mm -hmm. And the uh, next day, repeat rinse. And uh, we are going somewhere else in my country. We had cane fields, and so we'd be in the cane fields uh, doing all kinds of stuff, hiding. And um, I, I feel sorry for the kids today. They don't, they don't have no idea what life is all about. But um, as you're moving through life and you don't remember much, um, what made you, why did you pick the, um, the course of, let's say, your college uh, versus um, what drew you to that field of study, if you will? And um, how did you perform in it when you got there? I, I quit school. I was 15 years old. I dropped out of high school after three years. I, you know, I, I didn't go back to school until my 20s. So hmm. back then it was, I had other things in mind. My, I didn't have discipline at home. My mom just gave away, like just gave, my dad had been gone. My mom just yeah. gave up. So I was left to my own demise. and. I decided that I would emulate my heroes, which back then I used to listen to a lot of rap music, but the old gangster stuff. Like I, I'm older, yeah. I'm 41, so I was there when it first started. And yeah, I emulated the, the, the guys I thought were good men. So they sold drugs, they slept around, they did a lot of, they drank a lot, they partied a lot. And yeah, that's what they did. So when I was 15, I dropped out of school. I started consuming uh, before long i was drinking every day i was doing drugs every day within two years i was gone i was by myself living in my first apartment 
And it stayed that way until I was about 20 or 21 years old. And yeah, it lasted about seven years where I just did whatever I wanted. But all that mattered to me was to make money, sell drugs and be partying all the time. That's it. That's all I cared about. And this is what I did because I, I was under the impression that that's what men do. If yeah. you, you, if you don't have direction, if you don't have somebody, a good man there to tell you what it is to be a man, deep down in our DNA, men are going to look for an answer. We're always, yeah. to this day, I know what a good man is, but I'm always looking for men that I feel are better than me to coach me, to help me, to be mentors to me. So deep down, every single boy, man, young man, old man, I don't care how old you are, deep down, you are looking for a mentor. You're looking for somebody to help you get better or at least understand what you're supposed to be, at least like a, as a small base. Like what's your, what are the skills or the virtues or the qualities that you should possess as a good person, as a good man, especially? Yeah. Um, and what happened to you at 20 to make you, 21, to make you change that and the direction, if you will? What was it that entered into your space that said, wait a minute, I need to move uh, from this spot right here? If you, will. <laughs> yeah, you know, what's interesting is that it was like I was, um, you know, in movies and books, they always talk about the a split in the road, like where you're physically standing at a crossroad and you're just crossroad, like, okay, yeah. yeah, this is where I'm at. If I go left, I go deeper into what I'm currently doing. Or if I go right, I completely change what I'm doing right now. And I try something completely different. Um, I was in my apartment. I was getting evicted because I, I partied too much back then. I was, I was not a good person. You did not want me renting an apartment from you back then. <laughs> I was not partying. We had parties every day. We were, that's all we did. So I was getting evicted and I'm literally sitting in my boxes. I'm sitting on the ground in my boxes. And I had been offered a position where I wouldn't be selling drugs anymore. I would be making it. So I was getting in that field. You, you could say I was getting a promotion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I had the opportunity to dig deeper into the path that I was in. And I, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe God works in very mysterious ways. And you only realize it when you're paying attention. But my mom yeah. called me. My mom gave me a call and she asked me a very simple question. Are you happy? And hmm. I, I'm sitting in my apartment with all the boxes getting evicted. On one side, I have a great opportunity to make more money. And on the other side, I have my mother telling, asking me a, an existential question. I'm 21, 20, I'm 20, 21 years old. It's the first time somebody challenges my belief. But yeah. I was in a situation where I was ready to listen. You know, for me, I've been asked this question before and I've pondered the answer. And when is somebody ready to, when is somebody ready to change? When they're hurting enough that their current state is not good enough anymore. That they're, they're so deep down the rabbit hole that at this point, they have two choices. Accept that your life sucks or do something about it. This is when people are ready to change. And this is exactly where I was. So my mom asked me, she's like, listen, I can't, um, I can provide you a roof over your head. I, uh, I can't pay for your school. Like you have, to, if you're not in school, you have to work, but I can't pay for your education. I can just provide you a roof. And 
yeah, that day I decided I moved back to my mother's place that same day. I was out. I, I literally stopped, stopped smoking, stopped smoking, stopped drinking, stopped taking drugs. I left all my friends behind. I stopped talking to absolutely everybody. I moved cities to where my mother's, to where my mother lived. And I went back to school. I finished my high school. I did a high school equivalency. I then went to college as a computer technician because my dad was an engineer. And from a young age, I was building and building computers from scratch. Like I've always yeah. been very, I, I love technology. I've always been, a, I'm a nerd. I'm a, I don't look like <laughs> one, but I'm a massive nerd. And if there's one thing my dad instilled in me is curiosity for technology. So I just sat down. I was. By then, I was probably 22 now, and I'm just like, okay, what can I do at this point? Yeah. What would make sense? And technology 20 years ago was not going anywhere. It was just, I knew that this would become more and more integrated. So if you understood, technology would make sense. So that's what I did. I did a, the equivalent of like a DeVry type of college in Canada. Mm -hmm. And yeah. 18 months later, I did four sessions in 18 months, and I was done and i graduated college well that's sweet you you guys that are listening um there's a couple of things that we could talk about that is essential for you to move from one space to another i call it um i grew up in the church and i remember they had this story about the prodigal son hmm. prodigal son had money he did his thing you know he parties with, with his boys he broke and, you know regular stuff it still happens today and um, they're all gone, and he finds himself with, with the pigs. Sometimes some of us have to go and live with the pigs. Mm -hmm. That's the breaking point because it was there that he said, and now we talk about the crossroad. This is the other uh, area that you need to be in order to begin to move forward. You number one, you gotta come. Some of us gotta come with the pigs. I was there, um, and then when you get there, you have to. When your crossroad happens, you have to make a decision. Now, the human being, the human uh, uh, vessel, if you will, is designed that once you make a decision, one becomes focused. It's like uh, an artery that is focusing on that centerpiece. And when we make that decision, it's amazing how we implement the plans necessary to make it come to pass. But until you get to there where you are sitting at the crossroads with the pigs, if you will, and making that decision, you will find yourself living this circular life for 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, and then you're dead. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I mean, this is absolute. What one thing we talked about just now is powerful stuff. If you're listening, and I keep telling my my listeners to transition to hearers, because mm. hearers are the ones that will do stuff. The listeners will flip channels and move yep. on. But when you hear it, it'll lodge inside of you and it'll do something to you. So here you are. You took mom on it. You you were sitting there with the pigs, man, and you. You, you, you saw the, that road, that little window crack open. I, I, like you, I do not believe in 
coincidence. I do not ever believe in that. Um, and so you took it and you began to look at yourself and see another interesting concept that you, you talk about. Look at yourself. See what's valuable in you. What do you have to offer? Um, and I've been in the space of corporate America. Uh, there was this uh, story, Acres of Diamond. I'm not sure if you are familiar with it, but this um, uh, African man that was hunting for diamonds and uh, sold his uh, his land hunting for diamonds. And he found this rock and he put it up in his, his house and walked out and he's hunting for years. Lost everything and sold his land. And his land turned out to be one of the biggest uh, my, uh, diamond uh, fields in, in the history of, of of that country. So sometimes you just got to look at you first and see what you got and what you can offer and then do what's necessary to get this. So here you are, you got your stuff. You're all excited because you see the road ahead of you. As you begin to step out now and you got your first gig, if you will, um, what did it do to you as an individual, your mindset, it once you because you know where you came from and you're watching yourself now out of, uh, after a year and a half, or almost two years, uh, committing yourself. When you got it, what did you do? What happened? You know, this is, it meant nothing to me. It was a piece of paper. To yeah. this day, I don't believe in traditional education. I, I probably read a book a week. I probably read more than anybody you know. And yet I don't have any formal education. It is yeah. just... I educate myself on what matters to me and life teaches me what I'm supposed to learn or learn about at least. But you know, it's not even, my education was nothing to me. I, it was just pieces of paper. I just understood that I needed something in order to prove a future employer that I was able to start and finish something. Because at the end of the day, that's all an education is. You're just proving mm -hmm. to somebody that you're capable to stick to something for four or five years, whatever, however long it took you to get there. But what really made me as a person, what made me as a man is discovering the gym and martial arts. This is yeah. something I've been, I've been hitting the gym for 21 years now, five, six times a week without fault. And I used to be like 145 pounds. I'm just under six foot two. So I was a very, very scrawny basketball player. This is what I did most of my life. And when I discovered the gym, it kind of, showed me that I had a power to mold myself. You're, I'm capable of imagining something in my mind saying, this is what I want to look, this is what I look like, this is what I want to look like. Mm -hmm. And every day you can see a difference that's visual. And most people need that. Most people to start understanding the power of your mindset, the power of your mind. I always suggest to people to start by hitting the gym. If you're not hitting the gym, that's the first thing you need to do. Start going to the gym, start taking control of your body, start eating well, start treating your body with the, the respect that it deserves. And before you know it, you're starting to develop something called discipline, which is the most powerful skill somebody can, can possess is to be disciplined. But at the same time, I, I was bullied when I was younger. Like when I was a teenager in my last year of school, I was bullied and I was a victim. I was a coward. I did not what to, I did not know what to do. I literally allowed that guy to beat me up as he saw fit. And 
that stayed with me for a very long time that was in the back of my mind although i thought i was very gangster that i was very cool that i could beat people up in my mind i knew i was a coward so yeah. when i started changing my life around when i decided to stop to cut all the fat all the bad fat that was in my life when i started going back to school my mind started looking at everything that i was doing that could be better so mm -hmm. i started hitting the gym and then it came back to me that I'm, I was a victim. So I'm like, okay, at this point, I have two choices. Like anything in life, you have two choices. Do something about it or be a victim. That's it. Those are your choices. You're, it's your choice what you want to do, but the decision is yours. So I decided to join a martial art gym. And I've joined a lot of martial art gyms until I found Muay Thai. But before yeah. you knew it, I was fight. My coach was putting me into a ring. I fought multiple times all over North America. I became an amateur champion in the biggest tournament in North America. And I'm now, you know, I'm now recognized as a Muay Thai instructor under the Thailand government. So I, I really went from being a coward to being, to having courage and facing somebody that wanted to hurt me in a ring in front of thousands of people. So yeah. this is the day I decided to change, everything started to shift. My mind mm -hmm. changed, my body changed, my connection between the mind and the body changed. It, or actually, for the first time in my life, I understood that there was a connection between my, my body and my mind. And eventually, the spirit came into play. But for those 10 first years, between 20 and 30, it was all about building a career, like getting to something more than answering the call in the call center like i did for multiple years but i was yeah. establishing the connection between my my body and my mind yeah it's a powerful discovery once you get there um and you can only get there and tell me when you answer that when you make that decision because until you make that decision you're just on default and mm -hmm. i encourage every one of you guys to get off of default thinking and um, you mentioned uh, martial arts in the gym and getting, uh, you know, something similar happened to me. I was a young man. These couple of guys kicked my ass. Um, and I went and, and <laughs> I, I found martial arts and went and studied. I studied for about a year and a half and I went and found each one of them. I remember they kept track of them. I was a little crazier than you were, man. <laughs> I tracked them all. Uh, we were all in school together, and so I knew where they were. And I, I was just preparing, and I came after them one at a time. So yeah, it's. Um, but I had to learn how to uh, deal with anger and all that stuff, and that was my motivation at the time. But then once I started getting in contact and with myself, as far as understanding because i got into the martial arts part of it and got into the the um, the mind of it and i saw some amazing things i saw this woman she's about four feet and change um went and she um, sat down and meditated for a few seconds and people invited to move her could not move her that's how powerful one mind is when you began to do things, it's amazing. Uh, I studied a lot of uh, martial arts uh, with the old fighters, the masters, when these guys would 
uh, do some incredible things with the body because of the controlling of the mind. So here you are, you learn, you begin to learn the secret, and you said one of the most powerful things that anyone will ever learn in your life is to become a disciple. Find out how you become a disciple. A disciple is what you're doing, whatever study you were a disciple within the gym. Become a disciple, guys. Um, become a disciple to study and learn uh, outside of uh, the system. Uh, study, become a disciple. Don't be a, um, a victim, as, as you know, Miko was talking about. Get out of that mentality. It'll change your life. So here you are. You, you're changing yourself. You're molding. You're seeing within you. You're looking at um, uh, the mind and the ability that it can create. So as you're moving through your life, um, and you were talking about how you uh, began to master the art of martial arts and and uh, combating and fighting and seeing all of the things as you're pushing yourself. What did you started to learn more about you as you were going beyond and beyond and beyond? Because there's always a beyond. That I'm powerful beyond measure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really as simple as that. I won't. Yeah. I realize that I'm not made out of glass. I can take a punch. My body's not going to break. I can tell you that my mind is unbreakable. You're not capable of breaking my mind. There's only one person on this planet that can break me, and it's me. Yes. That's it. I, I discovered that there's no coincidences. Everything happens for a reason. I discovered that it's up. The only people that believe in coincidences are the people that don't listen. They don't pay attention to what's going on around them. They don't understand what all the, all the people you meet have a role to play in your life. You have a role to play in theirs and vice versa. And mm -hmm. it's really just because people are not self-aware. And this is what I would say. My 20s was really the, op the door open to self-awareness. This is what I really, really learned over my 20s is really to just start paying attention to who I was, what I was, what I was made of. And yeah, understanding that I'm not made out of glass. I'm not a victim. You choose to be a victim. It's a choice. If you're a victim, it's a choice. Being a coward is also a choice. So this is what my 20s really taught me. As you, as you are learning all of these things and you're moving through, how did you come into the current uh, uh, phase of your life? How did you start heading into becoming a coach, becoming... Um, an influencer. What was that journey like when you began to move forward towards where you are today? That's a that's a long story right there, man. It's um, you know, back then I was end of my twenties. I'm still fighting. I'm still yeah. I fought until I was thirty thirty two, if I remember correctly. So I fought until I was thirty two years old, and I was dedicated to that. Like I was training ten times a week on top of a full-time job so every morning mm -hmm. i'd get up go to work at noon i was working out finished my job then i'd go to the gym do martial arts that was my life and it was my life for years and years and years and years until i was about 32 years old i uh, i got injured before my last fight and 
I just took a break after that. I took a break from competition afterwards. I I accomplished, you know, at the end of the day, my goal when I first started fighting was to win a big championship. That was my goal. I wanted one belt. That mm -hmm. was my goal when I first started, mm -hmm. and I got it. The the yeah. fight before my last fight is was in the TBSA, which is the biggest Muay Thai tournament in North America. My last fight, I got my hand raised, and I was I was provided a belt for my efforts. So this is my last fight. I was supposed yeah. to fight again. I got injured. The fight never happened, and yeah. I never fought again afterwards because I didn't feel the need. I never wanted to fight. This was yeah. never. I'm not one of those that likes. You know, there's a difference. Most people might not understand this, but there's a difference between being a fighter and being a martial artist. I've never been a fighter. I'm not a fighter. Mm -hmm. I don't enjoy hurting people. It's not something I like to do. If I have to do it, I'll be the first one to do it. Challenge my my ch challenge my family. Make sure put me in a situation where you're forcing my hand. I'll detach that head from your shoulder with no with no consequences. I will sleep like a baby afterwards. But yeah. I don't want to. I don't I I'll be the first one to walk away. I'll be the first one to always leave any situation that will lead to comfort like physical confrontation. But I had to prove to myself that I could do it because I was a coward. I knew that I was a coward and I needed to challenge myself to do it. So once I accomplished my goal, I'm like, okay, what's next? What do I do next? And my next step was to develop my career because up to there, it was going okay. Like it was good. Mm -hmm. I, I, I went from answering calls in a residential internet uh, company. Then I was supporting big companies. And around the age of 30, I became a sales engineer. So I was, I was not wearing a suit. I was going to some of the biggest companies in Canada and the US, and I was selling high-end telecommunication services to those companies, those companies, school boards, uh, governments. But I, I was starting the first, like the, the real step of my corporate career, if you will. And this yeah. lasted for 10 years, like technically around 12. But um, I did this, but I was concentrating on developing my mind. Now that I knew that I had control over my body, mm -hmm. it was time for me to develop my mind. And I'll never stop. Obviously, this is a life. This is a yeah. life journey that will that that will never never end. But I really understood how strong the connection between my body and my mind had become. It's also the time that I started diving into spirituality. So about I would say 10 to 12 years ago, I discovered Buddhism, which mm -hmm. to this day, big fan of. I love the philosophy. And I started asking existential questions, questions yeah. that most people will not ask. And that's, again, that, that has never stopped. I'm still into, yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Christian. I'm not the average Christian, but I'm a Christian slash Buddhist slash, I love, I love religion. I love the lessons that are, that are taught between those those lines if you're capable of reading the text for what they are i don't care that it's stoicism i don't care that it's gnosticism it can be christianity it could be buddhism name it i've studied it and it's very interesting to take those stories if you will that are part of those texts and put them into context into your life context as to what are the lessons i'm what are the lessons i'm supposed to learn and yeah, yeah my faith grew extremely my faith grew a lot over the past few years, especially since um, since COVID. When COVID happened about four years ago, where I'm from in Canada, we had 
uh, massive, massive uh, restrictions and the government kind of forced the company's hands that we couldn't meet people face to face anymore. So mm -hmm. the job that I was, I was used to being on the road every day. I would be on the road day in, day out, going to customer side to customer side. That's what I did. So I was always in people's face. I was always talking to people. I was teaching martial arts back then too. So I'd wake up at four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, study, go to the gym, go to work, come back home, take a nap, teach martial mm -hmm. art until nine or 10 at night, and then rinse and repeat. That's what I would do yeah. day in, day out. I was either reading punching people in the face teaching people how to punch people in the face mm -hmm. working out or working that's it yeah. that was my life and when the government took it away again uh, similar to the choice i was faced when i was 20 years old i i sat myself down and i'm like okay what are my choices i lived yeah. uh in montreal i lived downtown i was only there because i all my customers are there i don't enjoy the city that much i enjoy mm -hmm. going to the city but Living in the city is not my thing. I don't enjoy it. I just, it was out of, I had to. And over the past, like from 30 to 40, I lived in the three biggest cities in Canada because my job, I would have different, I would work for different companies, always in massive cities. And yeah. when COVID happened, I had a choice. I was like, okay, I don't have to, I don't have to be in cities anymore it brings me nothing because the gyms are closed and i yeah. can't see my customers and i can't teach martial arts so the three things that keeps me in the city are not there yeah. anymore so what do i do turned out that about two years prior to that i had bought an investment house that i had a calling there's i'm very connected with my heart my faith with yeah. instincts i used to call them instincts but they're not instincts it's just god talking to me telling me what i should be doing you decide to listen yeah. or not but mm -hmm. something told me you need to buy a house in the middle of nowhere one day you'll need it i'm like okay and i don't question i'm yeah. happy my girlfriend is the way she is because i'm crazy <laughs> something could happen today right outside like we could finish this podcast i go to yeah. the gym and then something happens i'll come up to my to my RV and I look at my girlfriend, I'm like, okay, we need to go to Texas and that small town next week. And we're going to stay there for three months. And my girlfriend will just look at me and she's like, okay, no problem. Let's do it. She understands. I'm, I'm yes. crazy, but I'm very connected into yeah. what happens around me. So I asked myself the question, I'm like, what are the things I can work on? What is the opportunity that's being presented to me? And I realized that as an extrovert, I spent my time always with other people. I was always surrounded by people. So yeah. I'm like, I have this house in the middle of nowhere where I could practice being an introvert, working instead of looking out, I could start looking in. And this is mm -hmm. what I did. I got rid of, I got rid of my place in, in the city, moved about two hours outside of the city, closest grocery store is in a small town of probably five to 10,000 people that was about half an hour away. And I, I lived, man, imagine the most Canadian thing you can think of. Log house, top of a mountain, overlooking a valley with lakes. And I had the, um, a baby German shepherd and yeah. I could walk her down the street, main road, just walk her. I could walk her for an hour, never meet anybody. Like it was in yeah. the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but, you know, I realized that once you start removing all the distractions from your life, you start paying attention. You stop paying attention to everybody else, but mm -hmm. and you start paying attention to you, and you yeah. remove all those distractions, and you accept that what you're going to hear might not be pleasant. What you have to look inside 
is not necessarily pleasant. It's not fun when you you've never done the work as we will. We you've never really looked at what you are, the people that you've hurt in the past. Your the attitude that you have towards life because you're yes. we're yeah. we're so stuck on on just drive today. Everybody yeah. you look at, they have their nine to five and everything operates between that. They schedule yeah. everything around their job and they're just doing rinse and repeat. They're always doing the same thing and nothing changes. And then they wake up, they're 50 years old and they're like, what the hell just happened to me? I was mm -hmm. 25 years old. It seems like two years ago. And this is where I started paying attention to who I was, to the skills, to the natural skills that I have. and. I ended up spending a lot of time alone. I spent, I ended up spending two and a half years in that house. And for the first year and a half, I was alone. My girlfriend joined me in the, in the last year, but for a year and a half, I was alone. I ended up being alone with two dogs and I would spend most of my days by myself. I would, I built myself a gym on the first floor of my house. Uh, and that's all I did. I worked out, I read and i worked remotely that's it all the rest of the time i was by myself meditating and mm. trying to explore who i was and this is where i took my first motorcycle trip i've always wanted a motorcycle since i've been a, a kid and mm. when i lived alone i did the license i did everything i took time off of work i ended up taking a four-month sabbatical from work and the mm -hmm. first three and a half weeks, I spent it alone on my bike. I packed about a hundred pound of gear on my motorcycle. I drove, oh man, I rode three, four, five thousand miles. However, I don't even remember. I just, I'm like, I'm going to go this way and let's see what happens. And I ended up being three and a half, just under three and a half weeks by myself exploring. Wow. Then I discovered what I wanted. I discovered... Again, when you you spend a lot of time alone and you start meeting people that are that don't know you, that don't judge yeah. you, that are just you meet them for one or two days, you're staying there, yeah. you're staying there, and there's no bullshit. It's really just the human connection. Mm -hmm. It was eye opening and it changed my life. By the time I came back from that sabbatical, I'm like, okay, this is the goal. Within a year, I want to be out. I want to quit my corporate job, and I will explore the world. And all I did during that year, during that remaining year is I did a full rental on my house by myself. I started producing content. I started, I'm like, okay, what are the, what are the transferable skills that I have from my job in high-end sales mm -hmm. to what I could do as an individual? And I realized that I've had acquired a lot of knowledge over the years a lot of it is self-taught. Like I don't have, I, I haven't had a lot of mentors in my life. I mostly spent a lot of time researching and looking back at my actions. And yeah, I decided I could, I, I would start coaching people. I decided I'd start my first podcast about three and a half years ago. And man, I think I've recorded three, 400 episodes since then. I can't even, I can't even tell anymore, but wow. it's those transferable skills made me realized that I had a lot of potential into helping others. So I chose to coach people and I started recording content where I would talk about this stuff. And a year ago, I had finished my, my reno on my house. I refinanced it, took some of the equity out, quit my corporate job, 
now my girlfriend and I have been on the road for in three days, in two days, it's going to be a year. We've been wow. living outside in a travel trailer. I have the truck, the motorcycle in the bed <laughs> of the truck, and I'm hauling an 11,000 pound monster around the US. And I think right now we've traveled. It's something ridiculous, like 10,000 miles. We've wow. literally been from New York State all the way down to San Diego, up to, Calif uh, up to uh, Colorado. And then we went, uh, now we're in Virginia. We're leaving in two days. We're going to Alabama, where we're going to spend a little time so that we can go yeah. back to, ta we can go back to uh, Tennessee. We can go to Georgia, Mississippi. We can go to South Carolina. We've been to North Carolina, but South Carolina, not yet. We've been yeah. to Texas. We did everything, Arizona, Texas. So now it, it's only the, my, the Florida, South Carolina mm -hmm. to Mississippi, like that little, those yeah, five states around. there. And we can yeah. do it all by staying in uh, the northern part of Alabama. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a powerful story. I love listening to your, uh, how you went about doing things, always checking in. Um, you have to. And, you have to. Uh, looking up. And, and all you guys that are listening, whatever you've done in your life, and whatever profession you are in, all your skill set is transferable. Mm -hmm. All of it. Don't think that it is not. Um, nothing happens. You did not take that job just by happenstance. Everything has a purpose behind it. And all that you've done in your life, because I've had that conversation with you, I have nothing to give. I, I disagree with you. And um, you need to take a look and as, you know, you do have to study and look into yourself, go in. What were some of those things that you, what, a, what an honor you had? And I tell people that one must learn how to um, find the place of solitude. And I would tell them this place of solitude is not what you think. It is where you gain insight it's where you gain strength it's where you gain knowledge all this stuff you're learning about you in that place of solitude and when you get out there those uh, questions that you had inside of you the answers are going to be revealed through your meditation meditation i tell people all the time it is the uh, the way by which one slows the mind down gives you the opportunity to decide to choose because if you're connected always and running and 50 years later you, you don't know you will always miss it and uh, you have to be uh, attentive to the voices that god is always speaking always trying to gather your intent your your attention but be because of our decision our default thinking will put it aside uh, I don't, uh, not now and you got too busy and you forgot about it you can't do that you need to act on the information it's actually inside information that is being given to you in preparation for five years down the road ten years down the road and you just missed your day of visitation and uh, you didn't even know anything about it so here you are you made this transition you're uh, isn't it beautiful when you are disconnected and when you meet someone, if it's a short 
time, five, 10 minutes, the depth of that five or 10 minutes compared to when you were back in plugged into corporate America. It's, it's, it's night and day. Um, as you said, you, you connect at a deep level with human beings that are, there's joy there. There's just beautiful stuff there, man. So here you are, you made your cut. You have uh, walked into your space. You've created this lifestyle and you've created it. And I hope you guys heard by decision-making process, investigating himself, deciding the crossroads, use it. Here you are. Walk us through when you when you did the coach thing and, and you said, oh, okay, this is it. I, I feel that pull towards there. Um, and it is you. And you've seen your um, progression through. When you got there, your first person, if you will, if you can't remember, your first uh, individual that you're now going to escort them into finding out who they are. Um, can you remember that time when they began, as we talked earlier, when they were transitioning in from one space to the other, um, shifting, and you're watching them, the perspective being shifted? They don't even know that you are looking into this beautiful um, transition. And then when they get there, man, some people cry, some people laugh, some people, you know, are silent, whatever. Um, can you invite us to one of those uh, uh, events, if you will, precious time, that you got a chance to witness that? Because it is power. It is beautiful. It is... Um, there's not a drug on this planet that can make you feel that way. You know, this th This is one of the reasons I, like, I love martial arts as much as I do. Because, yes, I coach people and those transitions are great. But most of the coaching that I do now is over is not in person because I'm always traveling, right? So it's not yeah. as, as powerful as it can be. There's something that's lost in translation. This is why yeah. most all of the podcasts that I record now are all in person. Like it's been like that for three years. I like the personal connection of being sitting down with someone. That's why I was in sales. I love people. I love to interact with people. And martial art allows me that. And I miss it so much. This is one of the things I miss the most because I'm traveling so much. I don't get to do it. I don't get to teach because you need to be stable at one place in order yeah. to be able to teach. But this is one thing I miss the most is that moment where you're trying to teach a technique to somebody and you see it in their eyes it clicks there's a they don't yeah. realize it but there's just something click yeah. and they do it for the first time like i, I remember teaching this girl uh, this young woman I, I taught her for for a couple of years and i was always teaching her how to to move her hip a certain way when she's kicking and she mm. was always kicking up instead of kicking through and one day she did it I was 10 times more excited than her. I'm in front of 50 people. Like I'm running a class. There's probably 40, 50 people yeah. in that class. And I'm just, I'm just there. And I tend to do this. I'll be there, my hands like this. And I'm just analyzing what the person's doing. It's very intimidating yeah. to people. I'm not a small guy, right? <laughs> so I'm just sitting there. I'm just standing there and I'm just checking her. And she's five foot nothing, weighs 110 pounds, soaking wet. Yeah. And all she sees is this. I'm just, and I just go ballistic. This is, I'm a very loud person and this is what happened, right? I'm like, yeah, did you yeah. see this? So that feeling, like I kept on screaming at her, that feeling you got there, do you know the yeah. feeling you have right now? 
duplicated every single time you're kicking. So this is why I do it. And it doesn't matter that I'm coaching someone in martial art. It doesn't matter that I'm coaching someone as, I don't like the term, a life coach. It doesn't matter that I'm helping yeah. somebody grow their social media platform. It doesn't matter the type of coaching that I do. That click, when there's, yeah. you see it, you feel yeah. it. There's a switch mm -hmm. in energy that... Yeah. You can't explain it. You can't predict them. They just tend to happen yeah. when they happen, but they are the most beautiful thing. They are, this is what serving is all about. Yeah. This is a hundred percent what it's all about. That feeling that you're capable of giving something that is so powerful that it switched, that it clicks something in their mind. You, you're changing something in their life that they will never forget. This yeah. is so powerful. This is so, so powerful. I think it's the atomic bomb that yep. keeps us moving um, when we serve and because it is um, it's a transfer of energy. And I tell, the thing, tell people the beautiful thing, beautiful thing about energy is that it's never, const, uh, it's never st stagnant. It mm -hmm. moves. Energy yep. always moves. And so it will never duplicate itself as far as that energy, but that um, that um, mechanics, uh, the memory, it, it keeps us moving. Because I, I had studied martial arts for many years as well. And um, it is the drug, like you said. And when you witness someone switch over, it is one of the most um, holy things Agreed. that one would have an opportunity to witness because it, it is like that. It is like 100%. that, guys. 100%. And um, the, uh, the energy, the atomic bomb that, <laughs> that caused you to scream and yell, that's exactly what it does. And it gives you that motivation and that peace within yourself that, yes, I am serving and I want to see this more. And that's why one serves because... Uh, that's the stuff that uh, uh, motivates us is to see the transition when, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, as they say, when one moves from darkness to light. And mm -hmm. that darkness to light is just, again, could be the smallest of switched in a perspective that will change your life forever. Every single perspective has, will change your life forever. It does not come without the purpose of change. That is the purpose of changing perspective. It, it makes you change. So here you are, you're traveling the U.S. and uh, getting a glimpse of life from that uh, vantage point, but you're getting a chance to see different uh, mindset, different beliefs, uh, different ways by which one expresses themselves. As you're drinking all of this stuff, I tell people there's nothing like traveling. Talk to me as to how is it helping you to grow as you are getting a chance to immerse yourself. And I'm sure you're getting a chance to drink up some nature as well, and the people and all of that. Um, what is it doing to you? Uh, the last, if there's one realization that I've had over the past year that forever changed me is. I realize how much faith I have yeah. is extraordinary. The amount of faith that I have, I did not realize how faithful I am in 
I always explain faith into three different categories, as in nothing's possible. Without faith, you can't build self-confidence. You can't, if you can't believe that you can achieve without faith, you'll never have self-confidence. It's a first step. You need to know that you can do it. Same thing as relationship-wise. If you don't believe that the person is the person they say they are, you'll never build a relationship with that person. So faith is the first step to building new relationship and finding life purpose, which is at the end of the day, this is what we do as coaches is to help people find their calling, find their purpose. I like to call it the personal, like personal legends, like, um, and without having faith that God world, the universe, however you want to call it, I call it God, but call it what you will, that it puts you here for a reason. Without that, without the faith of knowing that you're here for a reason, you'll never have life purpose. And the past year, traveling as much as I've traveled, because it hasn't been easy. I started a video production company at the same time as I left. So I've invested a lot of money in that business. And growing the first year of a business is never easy, especially when you start it from scratch. And it's been extremely hard on my girlfriend and I. It's been very, very hard on... The couple, it's been very hard on the monetarily side because I've had seven employees. Like I was, I had to downgrade my employees about a month and a half ago. So it's mm-hmm. just like it's, I'm a pivot type of guy, right? I see situations, I go a hundred thousand million percent into it. Then I sit down, I analyze, okay, what's going on? What, what needs to happen from this? And one thing that has never been shaken, one thing that I've never lost, one thing that I will never lose is my faith. My faith is so strong that what I'm doing, I don't think that what I'm doing is what I'm meant to do. I know it is a certainty. As it says in the Bible, as Jesus said to the devil, it was written. Yeah. Whatever, all I'm, I'm living right now, it has been written. Yeah. All that I ever going to achieve or accomplish or the people that I'm going to help, all the people that are going to help me, it's already happened. I'm just not there yet, but yeah. it's been written. So, and, and I got to say that Christianity has been a great help. I have been, I've had a calling since we left Canada to start getting involved in churches. And I, I don't come from a religious background at all. My family was not against it, but it's not something we yeah. spoke about. Like it, it was never, I could count on one hand the number of times I've been in a church prior to the last year. And over the last year I've explored, we go to churches in every single city that we go in. If we stay somewhere more than a day, we're, we're going to try to go to church. We're going to try to meet people through it. And, um, yeah, it just being able to sit down there and listen to a pastor speak about certain verses in the Bible, having an explanation as to how it might connect to your life. I've been called out in churches before where the pastor was talking to me. Like he wasn't yeah. ta- he did not know that he was talking to me, but I was yeah. there listening. The reason I was there is to hear that message that day and it, this, mm-hmm. this is the beautiful thing when as we said earlier, when you, you, you spend a lot of time in solitude, you start realizing that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. But, you know, the, the difference between somebody that has success, whatever success means to you, success doesn't mean money. We have the tendency of attaching money to success. But personally, I don't care about money. I care about freedom. 
I want to continue yeah. doing what I'm doing right now. I don't care how many, how much money is on my bank account. It's irrelevant. It matters yeah. to my girlfriend. It doesn't matter to yeah. me. Um, but the point is that as soon as you start getting connected to yourself, you start realizing that there's no coincidences. When you start, when you know that there's no coincidences, you try to understand why everything's happening to you. And as you said earlier, meditation is the best thing. I've been doing it for more than a decade. I do yeah. it every day and yeah. it explains everything. Not only does it connect you to the moment right now, to the present moment, but all of those little questions that you have, you have a chance to explore them. And it's incredible how that connection over the past five years, the connection of the spirit, because I already, I discovered my body in my 20s, my 30s, mm -hmm. I, dis I discovered how powerful my mind was. And in my 40s, I'm really discovering how everything connects through the spirit. Everything connects through faith and everything is a whole. You're just, I'm just one part of that whole. And mm -hmm. it's liberating. It's absolutely liberating to know that I am living my purpose. I've done, I've sacrificed everything that I've built over the past 20 years and entrusted it all to my faith. I decided a year ago to quit everything, to just say, let's have it. I'll take yet another chance in my life. I'll drop everything. I do it every 10 years. Every 10 years, yeah. there's a massive thing that happens in my life. Or I force that thing. Like I'm faced with decisions and I always take the one. Let's try something new. And it's been the hardest thing I've ever done, but yet the most liberating thing I've ever done because I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I've been a Christian for a mighty long time and basically came back um, a little little before COVID. Started yeah. going back because the scriptures talks about present yourself, your spirit, soul, and body blameless before God. So we are spirit, soul, and body. And uh, you were talking about, I, talking about, I remember um, I did a study. I have another podcast that I've been studying and bringing to those that are about the spirit, soul, and body, how each one of that part of us relates to um, to God and to the Word of God and to the to the human being. And I tell them, I said, the soul, they tell us, uh, is the subconscious. That's the best way that they can mm. uh, uh, describe it. But the soul is has a couple of things that is in there. It is that mind and that house. The mind houses the thoughts, and also that will is a part of that soul because the scripture talks about the mind, the will, and one emotions, and all of that is a part of the the uh, the soul of the man. When you look at all the scriptures, it tells you. And I was telling them, I said that thought comes into your head. You decide if you want to take ownership of this thought, whatever that is. And then when you decide it, there's an emotional attachment to it. And the Bible says after you have your emotional attachment to it, you own it, it drops into your heart. And that's who you are. And it says out of the abundance of a man's heart, you will speak. You started behaving, your attitudes, all those things. So when someone is standing before you and behaving themselves, you know exactly who they are. So I tell people, pay attention to them. And so the spirit of the man, that's the conduit 
that hooks up directly to God so he can have a conversation with you so that you can know which way to rule, which way to turn. And that spirit of the man now is where you are going to be making our, our he now will be your guide by your decisions you make, change your life. And so when one becomes, as you said, Jesus, you find your purpose and you become purposeful. It is written. Jesus had an assignment. He got up there, he pulled, he went to Isaiah 61, he grabbed it, he read his assignment. And, he, and when he's leaving, he said, the Holy Spirit is coming and the Holy Spirit has his assignment. He will guide you in all truth and so forth. His disciples, he says, I'll give you a assignment. He says, you, I need you to go in the world and make disciples. Most churches now are focusing on members. They've missed it. Mm-hmm. They've missed it. God never said members. And that's why you see the church behaving the way it is, because they are full of members. There's no disciples in there. And disciples were the ones that were going out and changing the world. So I'm excited to hear that you are one of those disciples, because uh, the disciples are the ones that have make an effect. The ones that are members, they fight for seed. And so I've seen them throw blows because someone was sitting in their seat, a visitor. So it's uh, fascinating to see what, how people behave. But I'm honored to be in your presence. I'm so glad um, that one that has been through so much recognizes that faith is the key it is what the bible says by faith we understand mm-hmm. so it is how we move it is how one moves and lives and so forth so i will uh be lifting you up before god so that he can uh, show you the next spaces that you need to go as you're traveling and that he would guide you and um, bring peace to that relationship and, so that you guys could be able to stand together and stand tall. It's been an honor, man, to have you in our space here at Threads of Enlightenment. I have learned much, and you have reminded me of much. And I want to thank you so much for coming and sharing you with us and inviting us to be a part of your growth and your knowledge and your wisdom. I appreciate you inviting me. Um, I... If I if this resonated with one single person, I've done what I, I I've done what I was supposed to do today. So I believe it has, and I believe that's why you're here. We talked about there's no such thing as coincidence. None. Nope. <laughs> nope. There is no coincidence. None. And, nope. And zero. Zero. Guys, whoever's listening to us, um, I am going to provide all of his information for you guys to get to him. You need to get into his face. He has much wisdom. I haven't, uh, as I'm talking to him, I can sense there's, there's a deepness there that we haven't even touched. And um, I am sure he would be honored to have you in his space so that he can equip you with the tools necessary for you to make those shifts in, in your perspective so that you can now begin to become one of those that stand and say, it is written. And you understand the purpose of your faith is to guide your life and to uh, bring you to a space where you are not afraid of anything that stands before you because you know who you are. When you know who you are, anything that is 
in front of you will know who you are too and it must bow so become what you were supposed to be while you're here on this planet it is an honor sir thank you so much thanks for having me it was a pleasure